The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome on in. It's another edition of the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson with you on a Thursday. And my goodness, what a week of sports we've got going on. Uh, it, we had the, the, the startup of the FIFA Women's World Cup. We got the NBA Finals that are underway. We had the NHL Stanley Cup just conclude last night. Game six of the NBA Finals is tonight. Uh, you, you got Pebble Beach, U.S. Open coming up. It start, started today. That's going on. Uh, you still have all this talk about what's going to be going on with free agency, teams that may be making trades in the NBA. Uh, some NFL teams are starting to report with, with some practices. Uh, and there's uh, you know, some players that are, are talking about what they think they're worth or what they're going to get next year. Uh, it, it's been a pretty, pretty interesting week in the world of sports, and um, I, I love what's on tap this week. I mean, it was a great Game 7 last night. As we talked about, Game 7s, I don't care the sport, it's always exciting. And to see St. Louis pull it off in the way that they did, wow, good for them. First time ever in their franchise history winning the Stanley Cup and uh, being able to bring it home to St. Louis despite the season that they had earlier in the year the turnaround that they had and to come home with a victory, good for them. And uh, we could have a closeout game tonight in the NBA. So a, a great, great week of what's going on in sports. And, and it, yeah, it, with the uh, Pebble Beach going on, can uh, Tiger Woods get another major? Bruce Kepka, he's coming onto the scene. He's won uh, a lot lately. Uh, who's going to come out on top? So it's, it's going to be a fascinating weekend. Uh, in sports over the next couple of days, because there could be a Game 7 in the NBA Finals as well. But before we get into all that, it, it's a it's a Sixes day today. We've got Game 6 in the NBA Finals. On Thursdays, we always do our Pick 6. And we also, uh, there's some news today about the potential free agency uh, decisions with Kemba Walker, how that might affect the Utah Jazz. So there's there's a lot going on today, Ajay. Yeah, uh, and we have just received news that Utah State football has added on three graduate transfers and two JC college players. So they're just they're revving up for another season. Um, and uh, man, Gary Anderson can recruit the heck out of the state of Utah and wherever he wants to go, he can get who he wants. He he's so good at that. Um, he uh, he actually just stole a kid from uh, a school down south. And, and, and I mean that, and then he gets Mariner and uh, Rep who are coming from Salt Lake City from Utah University. Dude, Gary's putting together a heck of a squad. Sorry, I just, I mean, that just barely came out. We just barely got the release. So, uh, but that's huge right there. In addition to that, uh, Phil Steele has put together his all American list. Yeah. First team all American list. Savon Scarver. <laughs> so cool. Is on there as a first teamer. And uh, David Woodward also getting some recognition. Isn't it crazy that the Mountain West can't figure out who where David Woodward belongs on the awards list, but they but Phil Steele can. 
<laughs> I mean, kidding. I mean, I know I'm still kind of bitter about it, but it just it just shocks me that the leading tackler in the conference last year and, and an animal on the field gets left off the Mountain West first team or whatever it was for a defensive side, and a San Jose State kid gets put in. Like it just it, it just it still I'm bitter about it. To be clear, David Woodward was named as a preseason fourth team All American by Phil Steele, and Savon Scarver a first team preseason All American. But man, the uh, yeah the the preseason accolades have been rolling in for Utah State athletics. It's crazy after you have a great year. What happens the year after, huh? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, you get revved up for that. Uh, so just to be clear here on, on my end, uh, Gary Anderson has announced that Thursday to five additions to the program with the signing of three graduate transfers in Riley Burt, who comes from BYU, C.O.C. Mariner, or sesame, yeah, C.O.C. Mariner, and Caleb Rep, who are both really, really, really good ballplayers from Utah. That is a huge get for Coach Anderson and his squad. And also two junior college players in Sean Carter and Noah Young. Uh, Burt's a running back, six foot one, two ten from Manaway. He played a box other high school, so not too far from here. Um, uh, Coc Mariner, six two, one ninety pounder from uh, California. Uh, good baller from from Utah. Caleb Rep is 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 someone that uh, Pac twelve was very familiar with. He's a six five, two hundred thirty pound tight end. He's going to be a huge get for this team, especially after losing Dax Raymond. I'm excited about him. Uh, Sean Carter. Is a six four one ninety uh, wide out from Westlake Village, California, and uh, Noah Young is a six three two hundred thirty pound linebacker from Gulf Breeze, or excuse me, Gulf Breeze, Florida. Uh, are you excited about football? I know we're doggone three months away from the season opener, but my gosh, I am excited. We've been talking a lot about uh, m- more about basketball lately, understandably so too. And there was a lot of discussion about how does your team. How does how does any college basketball team look in light of the the new uh, opportunities to go try out for NBA teams? There's certain deadlines that have to be met, and once those pass, then what does your team look like now? So there's been a lot of talk about college basketball teams and what they're going to look like for next season. And now that that's kind of settled, I think now we can start turning our attention to football. Absolutely, it's starting to creep up on us. These preseason awards are going to start falling out on top of us left and right, and uh, it, it, gosh, preseason, uh, well, the the media opportunities for the Mountain West—that's about a month away, and that's where the, you interview the players and the coaches. You do the preseason awards, so it's coming up, folks. I'm excited. Yeah, ready or not, August 30th will be just. I mean. It'll seem like a hop, skip, and a jump, and we'll be there getting ready for Wake Forest in North Carolina. And then fourth game of the season, you're at Death Valley for an evening game against the LSU Tigers. Most likely a top-ten program by that point. Um, at least you hope so. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just we couldn't get there any quicker. I can't wait. And, I mean, August, really, in August, we'll kick off, with the, again, the two-hour shows and get you ready for Aggie football. So, uh, couldn't come soon enough. I like the additions that Coach Anderson's making, Eric. I really do, especially at the tight end. You lose Dax Raymond, someone who has been as clutch as Dax Raymond has been. It, that's a huge, huge loss for them. And so to get someone like Caleb Rep, who has been, who has played some really good ball at uh, at University of Utah. Um, actually, I'm trying to look for his stats if I can find them. Um, he actually played on the defensive side. He uh, he recorded 21 career tackles with. Uh, 
Two and a half sacks, added two forced fumbles offensively. He caught two passes for 25 yards and scored twice. So uh, he balls out. As a sophomore in 2017, Mariner had 20 receptions and 320 yards and one touchdown in a team best 19 and a half yards per catch and average. That's amazing. Yeah, Good nice heck, man. Great additions. And you can tell it's uh, with some of the other signees that we just learned about here recently. Uh, the uh, tight end slash defensive end uh, position can kind of flop depending so wait, on what was you rep want. a two way player the whole time at Utah. No, I'm I'm talking about the missionary kids. Oh, that were okay, just announced. thank you. Sorry, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Just recently, so I mean, we've seen sometimes Gary will look at a guy that looks like he's a defensive end and say, "I need help at tight end," and he'll flip him, or he'll see a tight end and say, "You know what? I need to." Uh, you're a big body. I need you on the defensive side, and so that's what uh, has been great about Gary Anderson is when he showed up the first go around, he totally shook up the roster. Well, maybe not totally, but he really shook things up and said, "Look, I'm looking at your body type and your talent, and I'm looking at what I need to make this scheme work." You're you were told you're going to play one position, but I'm changing you, and it worked out beautifully. And so, um, full trust and faith in what he is, uh, what he has in mind, and how he wants to put that roster together. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what the future will, is going to hold for Utah State football. Are, are, dude, I just God, I get this big grin on my face when I look at that list. Caleb Rep is a beast, and uh, Coc Mariner is an awesome get. I don't know how he convinced those two kids to come. With all due respect to Aggies. I don't know how we convinced those two kids to leave Utah and to come over and play here, but that's a good job. And I'm sure Justin Enna had a lot to do with that as well. <laughs> well former DC over there at Utah. And Gary had a lot to do with that as oh, well. Oh, sure, absolutely. I'm just saying it doesn't help to, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have a guy with a personality like Justin Enna who's so outgoing, personable with kids. Um, I've, I've talked to him a couple of times, always really genuinely kind to me. Uh, yeah, that's a huge, huge get for Utah State. Holy smokeroos. Yeah, that's great. And by the way, I uh, want to uh, pass this along. Uh, just pretty severe thunderstorm heading towards Bear Lake. Oh, come on! High winds, quarter-size hail. So if you're on the lake or thinking about getting on the lake, get off. Get off the lake. Um, and it's going to be, there's a severe thunderstorm warning until about 445. We've had way too many cases of people being on the lake when these things come up, and it results in tragedy. So please, uh, if you know of someone that's on the lake, tell them it's time to come off for a bit because it can get it can get nasty. I was over there in Bear Lake today uh, doing our park, and <laughs> we had a group of 45 people come in. They're all excited to ride the rides, and then all of a sudden this big storm just hit us. So we had like a 40-minute delay, got them on there, and now I heard there's, I mean, there's another thunderstorm, a severe thunderstorm that's headed that way, and man... Mother Nature just is in a really, really moody way. <laughs> That's it's this time of year it happens. All right, so uh, big game tonight in the NBA. Oh, can't wait, so man! We got the big news for Utah State athletics, um, and uh, we'll, we'll be having more details that we'll be sharing on CashValleyDaily.com for both the Savon Scarver and David Woodward preseason recognition, plus the new players that are added. Um, and so that's really interesting stuff going on with Utah State football. Uh, but the other big thing going on is game six tonight in the NBA Finals. The Toronto Raptors 
lead the series three games to two, had an opportunity to close things out. They had the game in control, let it slip away. Warriors have that championship mentality. They're not going away easily. Shifted the series back to Oakland, and which will be the definitive final game in Oracle Arena. And right now, Golden State Warriors are favored by two and a half points. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because was we we're talking, you know, pre-prep here, off the air. It was interesting to hear your point of like, oh, I forgot there was even a game six tonight. <laughs> I mean, which is crazy because I, I I see the other side of it. Golden State once again loses Kevin Durant. Um, maybe for <laughs> maybe for the final time. And it's their final game in Oracle Arena, forty seven years playing in that place. Um in, in Oakland. And it's the final game and it happens to be an NBA Finals game six. Uh for Clay, for Steph. They you know they got their career started there, Draymond Green. Um Andre Iguodala's career resurrected at Golden State. So, obviously, the crowd's going to be emotional. They're going to be fired up. If Toronto's not ready to go right off the tip, they are going to get ran off the floor by the end of the first quarter because Golden State's ready to go. You gave them the window that they were looking for that they could hopefully find a you know, crease in it. You gave it to them, and that might have been a huge, huge mistake for you. This, this game, uh, to be clear, when I said that, uh, it's, oh, don't even try to backtrack with no, me No, what, what I want to say is that it, it was a very busy day for me today, but I, I I was thinking about what happened last night in Boston in that Game 7 between the, the Blues and the Bruins. I was thinking about the upcoming Pebble Beach, U.S. Open, Tiger Woods, Bruce Kepka. Um, but I, for whatever reason, since after uh, Kawhi, or excuse me, Kevin Durant came out that uh, with, with the information about his his Achilles. That for some reason in my mind that was a block. Like okay, that's it's it's over. And I just didn't think about it until about an hour before the show. Like oh gosh, yes, I need to be thinking about this. Yeah, no, and I don't know if it's because definitively now we know Kevin Durant is out of it. Have I unconsciously already given the trophy to Toronto? Why? Why would you do that? They just lost at home without Kevin Durant in the game for the majority of the night. I know, and they've consistently been doing this. So like, why would you all this time be like, oh, okay, no, Kevin Durant, they're going to lose. They lost Looney, and they still won, man, at Toronto. You, you really People have got to just stop counting out Golden State. Portland did it. Three straight nights, or three straight games, I should say. 17-15-17. One of those numbers have in common, those were leads that Portland had. After halftime, and lost. Yeah. So this whole True. thing of like, ah, crap. You know, what? my grandpa, um, God rest his soul. Uh, him and my grandma used to watch jazz games. My grandpa would see, you know, Houston be playing the jazz. Houston would score a bucket. My grandpa turned around. Oh, it's over. That's the ball game. Houston coming to play. Grandma turns around. Murph, shut up. It's two nothing. Game just started. Every time. And I feel like fans are like that even today, like even with Golden State. Oh, they're down 12 with nine minutes left in the third quarter. 12 with nine minutes left in the third quarter. 
That is a tickle to Golden State. So whatever punch you throw at Golden State, you better make it worth it because they they might stumble a bit, but they will throw a heavy haymaker back. And if you're not ready for it, lights out, game over. Well, the combination of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, oh, the, the way they were hitting three-point shots. Oh, my gosh. You you try to gum up one guy, and the other one makes you pay. Finds way. Yeah, yeah. That, and like that, like I said before, I think we talked about it before, the whole boxing one works when Clay's not on the court. But when Clay's on the court, your boxing one kind of gets destroyed because Clay's open somewhere. Iguodala's open somewhere. Gr- Draymond Green, who might not be a great three-point shooter, but when he gets confidence and can hit something, that I mean, that sets that fire, that building on fire. <laughs> it's just they're a tough, tough team to handle. Um, Nick Nurse is going to not only need to make adjustments, he's going to need to stay calm. Like he panicked. We talked about it. He panicked in the final four minutes of that game, game five, and it cost him. Yeah, look, close this thing out. You have three months, yeah, to rest. Yep. Don't worry about your guys and if they need a a, a breather. Yeah. You close it out. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are going to be fine. They always say that you can sleep when you're dead, right? And then that's kind of the case here with, with Toronto. You can rest when the season's over. That's a great way to put it, Eric. Good point by you. But the little adjustments is what Nick Nurse needs to do, is make adjustments. And if he can do that, uh, I mean, what are, whatever those adjustments are going to be, um, but understand that you're going to have to make adjustments throughout the game. Just don't stay stale throughout the whole entire 48 minutes of basketball. Okay, well, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot of since Game 5 concluded about previewing Game 6 is the X factor. I think that's something that a lot of people like to try to talk about. Uh, who Who is that unheralded player that's really going to step up and have a big game and make the difference? And I think a lot of games you have those guys that even if it's like, eight points off the bench. That guy sometimes can prove to be an X factor in certain situations. For the Golden State Warriors, I've heard nothing but DeMarcus Cousins. I haven't heard of anybody else that could be the X factor for Golden State other than DeMarcus Cousins. Do you buy that? Or do you think that there could be somebody else that could play a major role for Golden State to keep this series alive for them? Oh, that's such a good question, Eric. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess you could buy it. Um, y'all, oh, man, how do you answer? That's a loaded question, buddy. Not gonna buy it. I, I, I certainly think there is a lot of wisdom in saying Demarcus Cousins could be that guy to help Golden State keep this alive. Uh, I've heard some people say that Demarcus Cousins is either going to be the guy that wins it for them or the guy that loses it for them. And I, there may be some truth to that. He was the guy that almost won it for them and almost lost it for them in Game 5 with that costly foul, offensive foul, with under a minute to go. Uh, turn the ball over back to Toronto, give them another chance. I, I think if there's another guy that could really be a factor, it would be Andre Iguodala. Uh, just that playoff experience, uh, because of his position that he plays offensively, defensively, uh, could be a big factor for them that provides another offensive and defensive punch that they might need. Yeah, no, and, and they need that offensive and defensive punch from both sides, from especially DeMarcus Cousins. You really need that from him. You need him to be that brutal Sacramento. I don't, you know, I don't take no sass. 
I know I'm I'm gonna push back. Bully you, ball. You want Sacramento Kings to mark his cousin back tonight. I know right, that you, sounds weird, but you really need him tonight. Right, they may need it just at times. We're just gonna toss it down into him in the post. You yep. bully ball and you Absolutely. get that ball in the hoop, Absolutely. whatever you need to do. And you Clear know what? anybody out. Yeah, it, it, it the whole thing of playing nice is is over. It's game six at your place. Uh it's that whole thing is done. Um However, that being said, we've seen Golden State is at their best when there's high ball movement, and he's kind of the antithesis of that. But I think there are times when we, when you might just need a bucket. You just, look, we need, it's in this moment, there, Marc Gasol can maybe match up with him pretty well, but there are times where they may just need to, to throw it down into him to, to make things happen. Now, the thing that's interesting about Golden State is they will throw guys into the post, that the ball was never intended to go to the hoop from them in the post. They'll throw the ball down into the post to get people to commit to them and, and collapse mm-hmm. just so they can create more on the outside around the arc. Hey, can I ask you, just in regards to the transition game, we've seen Toronto run and gun a lot, even on made baskets. It's Van Fleet or it's Lowry, and they are cruising to the other side of the court with the ball. Are you surprised that it's actually working versus Golden State? And if so, and my second question to it is how? I mean, that's Golden State's like repertoire. They it, built that. It is their bread and butter, but that has become Toronto's bread and butter. And how how does it work though against a team that does it too? Does that make sense? I mean, Golden State, like you said, I like what we said, bread and butter. They score. They average over hundred points with that system, and Toronto is throwing it right back in their face. And, 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 I mean, getting good looks, hitting good shots. It just amazes me that they're not even terrified of it. Well, I think just because you're good in transition doesn't mean you're good in defending transition. Because well, who was it? Portland tried that for a little bit, and it didn't work, obviously. No. Houston tried it for a little bit, realized that Chris Paul was getting tired after three minutes, uh, and that Harden was still on the other side of the court when they were supposed to be back on defense. Um, I know the Jaffs tried against Golden State. Didn't work. It's, it's, it's just crazy that teams try to beat Golden State at their own game and nobody can get it to happen. But then Toronto comes in from the Eastern Conference, that same team we played that muddy, mucky, half-court, we're going to take all 24 seconds of the, of the shot clock just like an Air Force basketball team. They turn it into a track meet and they're not even faced by it. Well, Toronto is, they're proven to be a very versatile team where they, if they have the opportunity, they are going to run it in transition. If it's not there immediately, then they're going to play a half-court set, and they're going to make you work for the full 23 seconds. Um, maybe not 23, 22. They don't wait that long to get a shot off, but they're going to make you work in a half-court set. So Toronto has proven to be a very versatile team uh, that they can do both, and, uh, and it's worked in their favor in quite a few games. Not in all games, but in quite a few games. For Toronto... We talked about Golden State, who that X factor could be or might need to be. Who would that be for Toronto? Van Fleet. Yeah, Van Fleet's got to come in and be really productive. He's a guy who can score in, in a lot of different ways, where it's going to the hoop, mid-range jumpers, but especially from deep. He's got to make his shots when he gets good looks, and he will get good looks. They move the ball around enough. They use a, lot, a ton of screens with Van Fleet when he's on the floor because he's able to kind of squiggle out of, out of trouble. Um, if he can make open shots, it's going to be big. The other guy who I think has to be really good is Danny Green. I feel like he has his moments offensively where he can be great, but then I mean, he but sometimes it takes him t- 
a quarter and a half to get into it. Or a game and a half. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And defensively, he's got to be better. I mean, fouling Steve, or excuse me, Steph Curry from 45 feet from the hoop is stupid. And he's done that a lot. Where defensively, he just looks like he has no idea what he's doing on the court. Do it again and you're going to get burnt. And uh, they, they got him in game five. And uh, it was all on Danny Green. Screens and everything. They picked on Danny Green a lot in game five. You can go watch that whole fourth quarter and find that out. He's got to be on his P's and Q's defensively on the court, Eric. I like that. I, I think that for me, I, I've been thinking more about Pascal Siakam. Um, Good one. Th- there's got to be that other scoring threat that can slash to the basket, but that also has length defensively. And uh, Pascal has shown the ability to be a big-time scorer and somebody that can take the load off of Kawhi. But um, uh, for me, I, I think that if he has a big game, then then Toronto wins this one easily. Uh, I, I think he, he could be that big of a player and that much uh, of a factor for Toronto to close this thing out. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, and I was... <laughs> I was thinking about this bucket. Gosh darn it, coming off the bench, and I can't remember his doggone name. Never mind. I had this great thought in my head. Now I can't remember who it was. For Toronto? Yeah. Oh, shucks, man. I'm losing it today. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're right, though. I think Van Fleet, I think Siakam's got to be good. I think Danny Green's got to be great tonight, too. Well, one other, one other player that I've been thinking a lot about is Mark Gasol. He's had games where he has been fantastic. And he has provided points when they've needed them most. Are you thinking about Serge Ibaka? Thank you. That's I was just looking at a big guy, too. His, Serge has had some big moments in this series as well, but then he's had others where he's just completely quiet, and you forget that he's even on the roster. If he can get them going defensively, though, and just be there defensively, that would be great. And I know he's got to be good offensively, but he has to be great defensively, and that's kind of my theme to the whole Toronto keys to getting a, a win in their first championship in franchise history is good offensively, great defensively. Uh, my last thought about Toronto is they can't fall in love with a three-point shot. If it's there, yeah, man, take it. Uh, if it's falling, great, keep shooting them. But if it's not, just get the bucket. Uh, yeah, I think we saw that a few too many times where in late-game situations, they felt like they needed a three. And there was enough time on the clock. You didn't need a three. Just get points. And then do a good job on the defensive side to get it another possession and score another bucket. It doesn't have to be a three. Uh, I think Golden State is built better to do that. Uh, I think sometimes Toronto clams up a little, tightens up a little too much. If they would just attack the basket, force the issue, or even those mid-range jump shots, so they have guys that can do that, just get buckets. Yeah, Don't necessarily fall in love with three if it's not working for you. All right, more to discuss. We got our pick six coming up. We also got, uh, man, we got a lot of other things going on. Uh, That uh, game seven last night in the NHL. We've got Pebble Beach. It's just uh, the U.S. Open just getting underway today. Uh, A lot more to discuss. And always would love to have you chime in as well. 752-1069. That's 435 752-1069 752-1069 if you want to join us on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan.
I don't know how many times I can say that. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how many times I can say it, but um, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm definitely prepared to you know play somewhere else. Um, but yes, I would love to be in Charlotte. That was Kemba Walker. That's about as stern as I've ever heard Kemba Walker talk. Welcome to free agency, buddy. That's how it is. Get used to that. You're a star player, and you're going to be wanted by a lot of teams, and so people want to know what your thought process is. You're going to be asked that every single time you have a camera and a microphone in front of your face. Just ask Kyrie Irving. Uh, elaborated, said just a little bit more. They said he he will meet with other teams. I do. I do, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll meet some other teams. A few teams, yeah. <laughs> a few teams. I do. By the way, um, big news out of, of Memphis, Jose Valanchunas, Val, is it Tunis? Valanchunas. Has opted out of a 17.8 player option. Makes him an unrestricted free agent. and But his, from what it's being said, according to Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops, who has been joining us on our show at a regular basis, great guy, um, has told us or has at least said that um, there is interest from Jose to re-sign with Memphis, which, by the way, would make it 24 Not point- Jose, Jonas. Oh, Jonas, whatever his name is. Jose, Jonas. Jonas. Whatever. <laughs> Jupiter. Anyway. Sign, Ver, interest Venus, for him to sign where? Venus. Uh, <laughs> hey, can I do that now? Can I be like, uh, Venus Valentunas? Oh, yeah! Venus Valentunas is uh, interested in re-signing with Memphis, which would equal up to 24.8 instead of the 17.8. So it would right. be about he, a $7 million expense. By opting out, he'd like to stay in Memphis and like to sign a longer-term deal with Memphis. Uh, but he would be an unrestricted free agent, so a lot of other teams can call on him. Yeah, and uh, I, I like Jonas. Uh, he came from Toronto in the trade that sent Mark Gasol up there. Certainly, that was a good deal for Toronto. Uh, Valanciunas is younger; uh, he does have an offensive game besides being a defensive uh, big man. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that works out with Memphis or. If somebody else tries to well, steal him away. Well, if that's the case, if they try to steal, I mean, what do you think if the Jazz are, are still, you know, if that pursue of, of, of Mike Conley, that would affect him in pretty big way, too. I mean, then they're, then they're even more higher demand of Derek Favors than before if they decide not to resign him. If Jonas goes somewhere else? Yes. Yeah, then they'll, they'll, will, they'll be looking for help with, from more big men. Yes. I'm just saying that instead of Utah going to Mike Conley, I think Memphis might be going to Utah and saying, look, we need Derek Favors. We want Derek Favors. Let's, let's, let's make a plan here. And then Dennis says, look, we can give you what we can, but we're not going to let you guys try to you know, rob the farm. Okay, let's get back to Kemba Walker real quick. Yeah. Um, his comments, to me, seem to indicate that he wants to stay, he's willing to stay in Charlotte and that he's willing to be there for, for less money. Here's additional comment from him about the Charlotte Hornets. How can they not be? You know, I don't understand. You know, when I said that, you know, I, I seen like, 
I see comments and stuff like that about me saying that they're my first priority. I'm just wondering. I don't understand how they cannot be my first priority. You know what I mean? I've been here for eight years. The team that's drafted me. Um, so yeah, it's my first priority. I'm not saying that. I'm, I don't know if I'll sign back with them. I'm not sure, but they are my first priority. Yeah. So he's saying that essentially Charlotte is his first priority. He has said that he would sign for less, but he's also admitted he is going to talk to other teams. So to me, that that signals to me, especially if I'm the Utah Jazz, that my chances of landing Kemba Walker just went down dramatically today. I don't that, think so. That he's willing to sign for less, to stick with the team who drafted him, and he says he's willing to sign for less, not because he thinks he's worth less, because the, he's hopeful that the team could use that money to build a better team around him. Uh, I, you know, sure. But I think if a team with a certain amount of money comes over him and says, look, we're a Western Conference or Eastern Conference contender, we're one step away from being in the championship, you are that step that we could take, what do you say? I then I would almost be certain that Kemba might. I mean, look, Milwaukee has a 58-year-old point guard in George Hill. It's, <laughs> it's time to move on. And I think Kemba Walker's that way to move on. And if they can give him the money and, and say, hey, we can, um, you know, we can get to the NBA Finals with you on our team, assuming that Kawhi heads out, it's a pretty good deal. Because you get no Kevin Durant next year, in the Eastern Conference, so maybe that helps. So yeah, he'd like to stick with his team, but he also wants to win a championship where he's competing in the playoffs. He wants to know what that's like. And I think there's some good teams that will be calling to him. I, I think that's true. I think it's, you can be, there are opportunities for Kemba Walker to be in a situation similar to what he's enjoyed in Charlotte, where it's not necessarily media circus, but also being on a team that's going to be competitive, that's going to be in the playoffs that might make it beyond just the first round of the playoffs. And we, we've had this debate before with some players, especially when we're talking about Mike Trout in Major League Baseball. It, we don't always understand what motivates these people. Sometimes it is the allure of winning a championship. Sometimes it's long-term security. Sometimes it's opportunity to, to play with your friends. Kemba Walker is signaling that he wants to make the Hornets his first priority, but he's also open, leaving the door open to say, I'm going to talk to other people. This is my first rodeo on free agency, so I'm going to see what's out there. So for me, I think that signals that he's more interested in seeing in Charlotte. And I'm, if I'm the Utah Jazz, I've got to think more about if I want to land my the, the, the preeminent piece that I'm looking for in this offseason – it's, I'm going to have to get it via trade. I don't know that the Jazz will be able to land the, the, the free agent that they most desire. I think their, their preeminent piece that they get in this offseason will have to come by way of trade. I, I just After the KD injury, after some and how that's going to send shockwaves throughout the NBA, I think the player that the Jazz want is going to be going somewhere else or staying where they are. And so to get them, they have to give up something to get them. Oh, sure. Absolutely. But it's worth it. It's worth it. If you... I don't know. If you want 
someone of that talent, of that caliber, one of the best in the NBA, and when I say one of the best top ten in his position, you you do whatever it takes. And I, I think, and look, if Kemba does, when he says a few teams, and I think we've kind of hinted at it, when he says a few, we mean like, I don't know, 30, are going to at least want to talk to him. He'll level it down to contender, 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 out of my books, contender. And then he, and, and Charlotte will still be in that mix somewhere, or at least at the top. And I think it's great that he's giving the respect to Charlotte to say, hey, look, I want to be back here. But at the same time, you got to look around you and say, look, I, I can't win with these guys. I can't. I, I think to some degree, you've been there for eight years. I think to some degree, a player kind of has to play that game. I, I think that if he says, yeah, I'm going to look at free agency, I want to see what's out there. That's going to have everybody in a panic and make things even worse in his circle and in the community. Because everybody's already sweating bullets whether he's going to stay or go. And I think to some degree, guys that have been at the same place for that long, they're going to say, yeah, I'm, uh, I want to look at staying here because they've been good to me. I don't think you just come right out and say, um, I just want to see what the best offer is out there. It's just it's kind of disingenuous. And I think that Kemba Walker and his character is that, look, yeah, these guys have been good to me. I want to, I'm going to look at it. Yeah, I want to explore this team. This has been my new home for the last eight years. Yeah, no, and and I get it. It's a team that drafted him, so there's a sentimental side to it. But, man, if you want to win, it's not going to be in Charlotte. You're not going to be able to build a team around in Charlotte. I'm I'm sorry. It's just how it's going to work. You got to understand where the pieces are is where you got to go. And the pieces are in Milwaukee, New York, Brooklyn, LA, uh, and Utah. Houston might even come calling to you, actually, because Chris Paul's 35, almost 35. <laughs> they might even come over and say, They hey, can't afford him. and They'd have to get rid of Chris Paul that's somehow. That's true. They can get rid of Chris Paul. I don't know what team's going to be willing to pay. <laughs> Yeah. $40 million next year yeah, or whatever true. it is. It's close to that. Uh, Utah, I think, is definitely one of those teams. I know they're they're on that list. It's a short list, but they're on that list. That's all I'll say. I'm, we're, what, seven or eight days until the, the NBA draft? Yeah, June 24th is the NBA draft. June 30th is the opening day of free agency. Uh, you're going to see a flurry of activity Next week. Does Teams any, are going to want to make trades before the draft happens. Anybody trade Because their, their picks are going to be heavily involved. Uh, that's what I was about to ask is, does anybody trade their top five pick? Uh, the Lakers. I think that the Lakers and the Pelicans, that's, that is, if I were a betting man, if I were, that I would put my money there. That, that is the deal that will happen. Okay. Just what pieces are involved in the deal, I think, is what's being squabbled over right now. All right. I think it's going to happen, and, and it's going to happen before the draft. If it doesn't, if it doesn't happen before the draft, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen at all. Oh, cool. Uh, Igor Koskov. Yeah, was uh, will be joining Luke Walton staff in Sacramento. Good for him. If Luke Walton actually coaches a game in Sacramento. 
Oh, dude, yeah. He's under investigation. I was going to say, so... For uh, sexual assault? Alleged. Alleged. Alleged, Let's let's put that out there. True. Um, So if Luke Walton doesn't coach, does Igor take the head of coaching job in Sacramento? Or how does... I wonder who his head assistant is. Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure of the structure of that. Either way, I'm glad he's over there. I'm glad. Yeah, he didn't. And Sacramento's a good ball team. Up and coming. They're gonna be. They're gonna be up there for a little bit. Hey, uh, I want to pass this along. We mentioned this in our tease uh, for today's show. Utah State men's basketball has added another coach to the staff. Uh, Number two. So this is the second in about a week. Which there have been no announcements about who's not there or who left, but we know who's being added. Steve Grabowski is going joining the staff. He's coming to USU after being an assistant at the University of North Dakota. And Coach Craig Smith coached him. Uh, so very familiar with him. And he's going to be joining his staff. He was there for seven years, beginning as a director of operations, moved up as an assistant coach. And... Uh, Anyway, helped the team to their first ever NCAA tournament appearance in the 16-17 season. And so he's joining Craig Smith's staff. But we don't know who's left. So we're still working on trying to find that out. So yeah. some some uh, We might have to get him on our show and uh, for ask him State. straight up, huh? Coming up next here on the Full Court Press, let's get into our pick six for this week. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Always fun to have you play along with us as well. Shout out your radio. <laughs> we'll share it online as well on social media, on our personal Twitter accounts, and on 106.9 The Fan uh, Facebook page. And we always love to get your feedback on how you would vote on these six things we think might happen this weekend. We'll discuss coming up next on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. For many other games, just uh, look at our mistakes, try not to make them again, and um, go out there in the next game and... You know, just play with each other, have uh, one focus and, you know, one goal and, you know, try to try to win it out. That was Kawhi Leonard on the experiences learned from Game 5. Game 6 tonight, 7 o'clock on ABC. And the Golden State Warriors hosting tonight. They trail and two games to three. Raptors can close it out tonight. If they don't, Game 7 will be Sunday. Uh, Let's do this. Pick six time. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Six sexy things that we think will happen this weekend. Oh, do they have to be six sexy things we think might happen this weekend? Yeah, we need something. Just spice up a little bit. That might alter what I had written down for my pick six. Well, then you're going to (laughs) lose. All right, you were the big winner last week. Yeah, holy crap. In a very crowded field of nine different things that could take place. Yes, yes. You came away with the best overall score. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry, Mr. Big Shot. Do you need to take that phone call now? No, I got an agent. I'll just send my phone calls to her. Lisa, take my calls. 
All right, sorry. Um, so do I get to go first? Yeah, or you have the option. You I can want go you to first, go, or I you want can defer. Sh- I want you to go first. I'll defer the kickoff. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Pebble Beach is this weekend. Oh, crap. I wasn't was studying this. I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> this is not that difficult. Who has the better score when it's all said and done? Tiger Woods or Brooks Kepka? Uh, you said it wouldn't be that difficult. That's a good question. Mm, Tiger Woods or Brooks Kepka? I'll say Brooks. He certainly had a better start today than Tiger has. What is Tiger at right now? Do you know? Uh, right now. Brooks is at minus three. He's tied for fifth. I think. Tiger opened at even par. It's okay then. Less yeah, like, I'll say even. Brooks though. You're going with Kepka. I will. Uh, I'm going to say Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do that. He's definitely primed to make a run. <laughs> he loves this course. He, he plays sure very does. Well there. Okay. Uh, goals scored by Team USA versus Chile. Set the over under at four and a half. It's a good line. What are you saying? Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Oh, man, that's tough. I was really hoping you would say over. I'm going to take the... I'm going to take the under. All right, and my last of these pick threes... Pick threes. My three... The pick six. Uh, Phillies are at the Braves this weekend. They play on Sunday. I love my Braves. Runs scored combined between the two teams. Five and a half. Over. Uh, I'm going to take the over. because The Braves have a bad pitcher on the mound that day. And that Phillies lineup has been awesome. All right. Uh, my pick sixes. Uh, we'll Mike s- Fultonavich. He's one in five with an ERA of 602. Oh, yikes. Really? Yeah, I probably should have set that line higher. Um, okay. Number all right. Three? Yep. Uh, so we'll start with college baseball. The College World Series starts up uh, this weekend t- or Saturday, excuse me. And I have five SEC uh, teams into the World Series, I've counted. Uh, All five played in the first two days. Two of them play versus each other. So here's what I'm going to do. Texas Tech plays Michigan. Florida State plays Arkansas. And Vanderbilt plays Louisville. I'm going to, let's see, I'll set the line at two and a half of the SEC teams that win their first game. Uh, so Texas Tech, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt, two and a half. So SEC teams that win their first game at of, the, of the College, World, College Series. World Series, yep, set at two and a half. Yep. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over as well. Good call, dude. I thought it'd be me tricky on that guaranteed one. Guaranteed at least one. Alex Morgan will score over under one and a half goals versus Chile. So Alex Morgan goals versus Chile at one and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the under. 
I'm going to take the over. And don't ask me why, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that messed me up, because my third one was actually goals that or they win by, <laughs> or score. Um, Chile will score one and a half goals over under. So Chile goals versus Team USA. You've got that at one and a half? Yep. I'm going to take the under. I, gosh dang it, I am too. <laughs> yep, me too. This defense is mean. Uh, and it, you, Team USA has a very good goalie. Oh, yes. They're, they're loaded this year. Hey, by the way, did you see the story that the uh, David Ortiz, the, the shooter, the suspect, was offered $7,800 to bullet David Wait, Ortiz? he was offered what? $7,800 to go after David Who Ortiz. Who says that? Who says 7800 What do you mean? <laughs> Why you say $7,800? No, it's seven point eight thousand. Who says seven point eight thousand? I do. That's what it said in the article. Seven point eight thousand. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Well, welcome to freaking America. Seven thousand eight hundred. No, heard that it's seven point eight hundred. That's more colloquial. Seven point eight thousand. Yes, I've never heard that before. Oh well, I'm sorry you've never heard that before. Don't blame me. Not to distract from. How absurd that the real story is there. Yeah, now you're taking away from the real story. Shame on you. Well, first of all, if you're, I don't care who you are, if you're messing around with the drug lord's wife or mistress, wow, you, man, you got to be careful. You, you got to have some kind of death wish. I mean, not to be callous of what happened to David Ortiz, but. Come on. I mean, you got to. That's apparently that's the backstory here is that uh, some drug lord. I don't I can't remember if it's his wife or is his mistress. That's who David Ortiz was hooking up with. So you got a hit put out on him. It's seventy eight hundred bucks. Seven point eight. Seven point eight thousand. I'm serious. Say it right. All right. Uh. Quickly, game six tonight, Toronto at Golden State. Golden State. Who wins tonight? Golden State by less than 10. I'm going to say Toronto. I'm going to say Toronto by five. Okay, Golden State by eight. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be so fun. But you don't care. It's going to be an emotional game because it's the last one there. That's going to do it for us tonight. Tomorrow we'll recap it all. Have a great night, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When you think about great title droughts, the St. Louis Blues might not have jumped to mind. In fact, you might not even think about the Blues that much at all. Mid-season Yahoo columnist Dan Wetzel asked if there was a more anonymous team in all of sports. That certainly changed last night when the Blues captured their first Stanley Cup in their 52-year existence. The only downside was they did it on the road so their fans couldn't celebrate in the arena. But you can tell how crazy St. Louis is about this team. They're not going to let that detail ruin their party. The Blues ranked 31st out of 31 teams on January 2nd. They rallied, climbed back to respectability, and showed incredible toughness throughout the entire postseason. St. Louis fans are pretty nice, but they probably won't be too upset if you didn't follow the Blues before. But if you're a hockey fan, this is definitely a team that deserves our appreciation, except for maybe those folks in Boston. 
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.